Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. I'm your host Sheridan Decker and today I'm super excited to have Emma on the podcast. I would say a friend and a FIFO guru. So thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here today. I feel like we chat all the time but it's never recorded and it's usually (laughs) in and and out and around health stuff in some kind of ways or about dating or about men or about (laughs) or about whinging about bloody the health Medicare system and all those kinds of things. Yeah we have great chats. I know I know so you have got a little bit of a story for us so how did you get into what I want to say your guru and your passion and what you do now because like I was just saying to you before the start of the podcast I do work with a lot of FIFO women who struggle with I mean all the swings are different but who can struggle with the time away the consistency the mental health load of FIFO um, and then obviously if you're a FIFO wife there's those stress stress and pressure that comes with it as well so how did you get into the niche of supporting women in the FIFO industry? Yeah, so it's it's quite a, a story and I guess it's something that I didn't really think I was heading towards. Um, but COVID sort of helped me along the way too, if I can say that. Yes. Um, so I started off as just a personal trainer, and um, but I did have a lot of FIFO clients. And just by spending time with them and working with them, Um, I knew that I needed to do a little bit more than just the normal PT stuff with them. So then COVID hit and PT stuff pretty much went to hell. Like (laughs) it was really hard to have group stuff and things like that. Um, And I guess for me, I feel like I could connect with the FIFO girls because I've lived and worked in Um, a mining town and I've also been that person I've been the FIFO wife so I've been the person at home while my husband at the time worked away I was at home with kids I lived in a town with kids um, took my kids to the Pilbara I'd sort of been around the industry for a long time in lots of different ways I opened a business up there um, you know lots of different things like that so I guess um, I could understand some of the things that they the complaints that they they were coming to me with. I was like, yeah, I've I've lived there. I know you wash your hair and it's just itchy as hell because the water sucks. And you know, just like you can relate to things that are that are going on. Um, and just the harshness, you know, living in 47 degrees for three, four months on end. Do you reckon <laughs> um, it impacted your health living up there? Like absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it does. I think, um, you know, whether it's just your skin um, that takes most of it. I mean, I instantly, when I when we moved up there, I had a shower and washed my hair and I instantly got so itchy. I was like, oh my God, what is this? And I ended up with like eczema sort of stuff on my scalp just from the water there. And that's something that I hear a lot of like from girls now. They're like, I'm itchy. My skin is itchy. Everything's flaring up just from the water. You know, that's just one of the few things that that yeah. goes along with with being up there. Yeah, because then what's your access to fresh 
produce like I'm assuming you can get most things but the travel time must be longer or the freshness must be different than yeah yeah as far as shopping goes it's really difficult so if you are residential and you live in the town um, it's obviously a lot better than if you're living and staying at the camp on site so where we lived we had a Coles in town Um, however there were days where the bread would miss the flight you know the the food would just miss the flight to get to us so then we'd have to wait for you know all sorts of different stuff um so you couldn't do I didn't do like a meal plan like now I just decide what I want to eat for the week and I go shopping when we lived in the Pilbara I would go shopping and then I'd come home and plan with what was available to me Wow, that's crazy. So yeah, yeah I suppose that's a, that's a totally flip reverse way of living, especially if you've got specific dietary goals or needs or macros or anything that you're trying to hit, all of a sudden you've got to be open to being flexible with it all and without wanting to always grab like always be eating rice or stuff, you know, that's consistent, yeah. that's always there or whatever. You kind of would get sick of the same things. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I feel like we were quite lucky in that we did have a Coles. There are plenty of other towns where it's an IGA or it's a much smaller, like general store kind of shop that's available. And then there's the others that are just on a camp where you don't have access to anything other than what you're given. So when you have the dietary... um you know, things to, to look out for, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. I think the number one issue, if that's the best use of words, I find with the women who are working on sites and are flying and traveling out, they're kind of like, like sometimes they're like, cool, I can just grab some steamed veggies and my meat and I have those options. But other times it's really hard to make good food options with what is there and how it's cooked and how it's fried and then what it's cooked in and the sauces, especially if they've got like FODMAP or SIBO or gut issues. Like it's like how do you navigate yep. food that's given to you? Yeah, it's so difficult. And, I mean, even just, you know, looking at someone that doesn't have any gut issues um, and all they want to do is track their macros and their calories, you can't because <laughs> you don't know what's in the food that you're eating on site. So even when it comes to the basics of just counting your calories um, and tracking your food is really difficult because, yeah, as you said, you don't know what it's been cooked in. You don't know the sauces and the marinades is what gets to me the most. Everything gets covered in a sauce or a gravy or some kind of something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like you said, like you don't know what thickness or additives or vegetable oils or any of that kind of stuff if you want to go even that next light level of sort of things that could be triggers and like even for eczema and stuff like yeah there's the water and the sun and the harshness of the environment but then if you are sensitive to these things like a lot of people are really sensitive to the vegetable oils and the thickeners and stuff then those foods are all going to trigger you so is the best workaround for that a trying to select the plainest meal possible but b how much stuff can you take with you onto site or is there certain things that like you find the women go yes I always take you know certain muesli bars or certain something with me so that I know what's in it and I know I've got a you know a decent snack on hand yeah yeah so um you know as as we were just saying before it's it's different at every site um I do have clients that will prep all their meals and take everything with them um, because they have access to do that and their travel time is relatively short. So it's just one flight and then a five-minute bus ride to site, whereas other people have, you know, multiple flights um, and a lot of 
travel time. So it's not practical to be able to do things like that. So with those girls, what we sort of do is we look at what they can take. So you can make protein balls at home. You can take some good quality oats with you. You can take chia seeds with you. Just those little things that you can like add to food. I know a lot of people take avocados. So yeah. many people take avocados to site because they're, I, I guess, guess that could make sense because they would yeah. them unripe. <laughs> we know what avocados are like. <laughs> they take ages, but you would take them to site and they would ripen up nicely over a couple of days, I suppose. Yeah, that, that yeah. Um, yeah. some sites you have fridges like that you can store your own stuff in as well yeah so most places I'm going to say most places but I know that there's always an ex- exception most places you can you do have a little fridge in your room however storage becomes a bit of an issue because they're like those tiny little bar fridges that you would have in like a hotel or whatever they're really quite small so it depends on how much room you have um yeah, to, to, to how much you can take up. So we're looking at pantry staples more than taking fresh stuff up with them. So that's where the good quality oats, bringing chia seeds, bringing like little things like that to add to foods, even just a good quality coffee, you know, rather than having the sachets of the Nest Cafe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Taking something a little bit nicer. Yeah, and then even like a protein powder and stuff, I guess, yeah. is good. And if you struggle with dairy, I guess you can travel with, you know, a thing of almond milk for your week or whatever that might yeah. be helpful as well. Um, yeah, you're right. Those those pantry items are good or even the extra fibre, the LSA and the chia and all that yeah. stuff would be a game changer. And then just the taste, like for niceness, you know, like having yeah. a little bit of dried fruit or a little bit of nice honey with you or those kinds of things could be a game changer just to make you actually eat that stuff as well yeah yeah just to add to it just so it feels like I guess for a lot of girls it's like the food there if they're trying to pick the healthiest it is really bland so if you can add those little bits like like a nice quality honey oh my goodness I love honey if you could add like a really nice one to to your oats in the morning or something it's just going to make it a little bit easier to survive then yeah. we got to look at um, luggage allowance as well because you're only allowed to take a certain amount of luggage. So that's why there are people that take their almond milks and things with them if they only need small amounts. But when you're looking at taking, depends if you've got a permanent room or not, you know, you're taking 20 kilos worth of your own personal stuff when you factor in your steel cap boots and, you know, belts and tools and different bits and pieces that you need to take. So it it, it does present some challenges but we work our way around most challenges. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's um good though. But what about then from like that high pressure, the stress, the mindset, those kinds of things would be really hard because it'd be easy to be like, well, I'm on site for the next week or two weeks or whatever. Like I just kind of give up. I'm just going to work and get through my days. But then if there is a gym or if they're like staying positive, like I would find that stuff really hard, like the mental health aspect of being away from home and having that pressure must get to people as well. Yeah, absolutely. And even just, I mean, coming into Christmas time now, we're coming to quite a busy time of the year and then you get the missing out, you know, people miss out on a lot at this time of year. They either have to work through Christmas, they might have to work New Year's, they're missing out on family, Christmas functions, those sorts of things. This is the time of year where we see a massive increase in the loneliness, in people wanting to take time off, but they're not able to. This is when, you know, this time of year when when it really ramps up a bit. And it's it's is concerning because, you know, you're out there in the middle of the desert, essentially, 
by yourself. Um, I mean, you've got your crew with you and for the most part, you make great friendships on site. Like you, you really can um, form some good bonds and they become your family, but it, it, you're still missing out on a lot. So, you know, coming um, to this time of year and just in general, managing your stress, managing the long work days, the heat as well at this time of year, um, pressure to get things done um, from your managers, from, you know, getting things done before Christmas time, before people start to go on leave. Um, you do see a massive increase in that that stress, that burnout. And it's really... It's, it's hard because you have to be so self-disciplined on site. You have to be able to take control of that for yourself and go, hey, I'm really stressed today. I need to go back to my room. I need to do some journaling. I need to do a meditation. I need to do some quiet stretching, whatever it is that works for you. I've got a lady that loves knitting. She takes her knitting up with her. So something to like get that de-stress, but it really becomes up to you to manage that, which I guess, as you would know, when you, you are in a really... Yeah. Um, state of stress and burnout it's hard to manage your own stress yeah yeah for sure and like you said like that access to gyms and stuff would vary as well in the quality of your yeah. gyms and I remember one girl I was living with in Queensland and she had a really great gym and they had fitness classes on and like the women went there together and it was you know like 6 p.m or 7 p.m or whatever after their work day but she said that is what got her through was just having that either early mornings or at the end of the day, whatever it was that they were on. She's like, I just needed that something that wasn't solely about work. She says, otherwise it was just eat, sleep, work, get up, eat, sleep, work, get up. She's like, if I didn't have something else, it was really tricky. Yeah. It's so easy to fall into that pattern as well. And I know people that start there with that sort of eat, sleep, um, work, repeat kind of, routine they're trying to do it because they're trying to stay away from the pub the wet mess you know they want to stay away from that drinking culture that's there but then it becomes just like so repetitive you're doing the same things every day and that's where the gym is really a lifesaver I mean I'm the kind of person when I'm stressed out I want to go to the gym and just sort my head out yeah um yeah <laughs> so if if you know but again it's it it is hard to motivate yourself some days when you're on site because you're looking at everyone around you everyone's had a long day and half the crew go to have dinner and go and have a few drinks and you have to be disciplined um to go to the gym yeah is there any like because you would have women who you work with or know like who are trying to follow still a gym structure or a gym program yep. while they're away? Yeah, is do they struggle with that? Like because your energy's got to drop as well. Is there tips or tricks or things that you find really help get people motivated and still doing that while they're away? Yeah, so it is something that we I talk about with all my my clients, like in our first sort of um, coaching call, we talk about what equipment is available because every gym has access to different things. We also talk about realistically what time they want to spend in a gym. And for most people, it's no more than 30 minutes. So when I write programs for people that are in the industry, I know that on their week or weeks away when they're when they're on site, I can't have more than about four or five exercises in a program for them, any more than that. And they end up, you know, the the dining hall shuts down at a certain time so they can't go and get dinner after a certain time so they need to be able to fit all of that into a relatively small amount of time so we're looking at doing smaller workouts and I generally if if weight loss or fat loss is the goal we look at doing big compound movements 
So we're looking at doing your squats, your deadlifts, your bench press, big movements so that you're still burning as many calories as you can, getting as much bang for your buck, I guess, as you can by spending a small amount of time in the gym. Well, that makes sense. And then the other thing is, though, like the, I think as well, like say it was week on, week off or two weeks on, two weeks off. The other thing is just maintaining the habit. Like if you can maintain your strength and maybe you won't up your reps every week or whatever, like maybe you're not getting super strong, super quickly or losing the weight super fast. So if you can maintain the habit for your mental health, but also then when you come home, you've still got the habit and you know, when you're at work, this is the habit you do. Cause sometimes it's not always like about having the specific gains out of it. It's all the other benefits, but also just maintaining it as well because then you stay in that routine and then when you're in the routine then sometimes you'll push yourself harder sometimes you're just simply there getting through but I don't know yeah. like I have that here at home as well there's days where I don't feel like I can push that hard especially around my period and stuff I'm like still go to the gym yeah. still show up because as soon as you start breaking the habit then yeah. it becomes easier to continue breaking habits yeah and you can make as many excuses you know you're like oh my period's due this week or it's due tomorrow or I'm ovulating and I have that that pain, bloating, whatever it is that you have. And it's like, oh, I'll just miss it this day. And then the next month you miss two days around ovulation, around your period, and it becomes really hard. So consistency is a big thing. And even between um, work and home. So at home, most people have access to a much better gym uh, and, you know, foods and stuff like that. So it's a lot easier to stay on track. It's a lot easier to um, sort of build a routine because they can be, you know, it's not like they have to set their alarm for three o'clock in the morning um, when they're at home. So, so they build a more comfortable routine. They don't have to rush in the gym. They take their time. They have bigger programs when they're on site. It's smaller programs and it's just controlling what you can when it comes to fitness, when it comes to food, when it comes to all of that sort of stuff, it's controlling what you can on site. And then really trying to make use of your time on, um, R and R where you can do some really, um, extended self-care, spend some more time in the gym fill up on some really amazing foods while you're back in Perth or back where, you know, back in the city and then, um, yeah, get, get back to site and just what you can. Yeah. I guess the other thing as well, like if you are limited with stuff, there's certain like bands or things or whatever that you could, that are really lightweight you could take with you to up your workouts or change your workouts or modify. Cause you're right. If you've got a limited amount of equipment and space and you just feel like you're doing yeah. the same shit every time you go to work, it doesn't, it's not that motivating either. So having someone who can a build your program with what you've got. So you're not just going in there blindly doing the same things, but also yeah, little things are kind of like, cool, we'll add bands in for this or we'll just modify it slightly or whatever must make a big difference as well because I get bored yeah. after six weeks or something I've already yeah. like, okay can we change it up now <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely four to six weeks I think is is long enough for most people on a program before they're like I'm bored I'm over this change something in it especially if I've, I've programmed like an exercise that they struggle with and they don't particularly like although it's achieving what they need it to achieve they're like okay I'm done with this now so taking bands to site is really really good that can change what I can program so much it gives me a lot more even people so there are still a couple of camps usually rail camps where there's no access to gyms. So they are doing whatever they can in their room. So if you take bands, my life becomes infinitely easier programming for them because they just don't have access to anything. So rail camps are usually quite small. 
there's usually a very small amount of people there and there's not much else around. You can you can have your food, you can go to sleep and there's not much else. So for those people that are working out in their rooms, taking anything, like even if you just have, you know, a couple kilos worth of, of dumbbells that you can squeeze into your bag or something um, makes such a difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, you don't really think about that. A, there's the difference in the camps and stuff. But also, if you had, if you're working out in your room as well, that's tough. Like that's a, that, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know how I'd go with that consistency. <laughs> because then also, if it is so hot outside, it's not like you're just gonna go for a run. I don't know yeah. what the yeah. cardio situations like either walking and running and stuff. Yeah, so that's quite difficult this time of year. I don't program cardio for anyone that doesn't have access to a gym. Um, but during like our winter, but their dry season uh, up in the Pilbara, you can go, some sites do have walk trails um, that you can go for a bit of a wander and it's beautiful. Like if they're anything like me, I love the Pilbara. I miss it so much. It's beautiful out there. So the walk trails are lovely. Um, others just do a bit of a walk around the camp itself. So you can still do a couple of laps around the camp and you can get yourself up to two, three Ks quite easily. Um, but yeah, coming to this time of year, we really need to be mindful of cardio because it's humid. The storms are rolling in. It's hot. Hydration becomes such an issue because it's just gross. It's just really hard up there. So can you explain a little bit about what you do for these women? So you've now got your own business, the FIFO project. Yeah. Yeah. So what beside, are you just doing workout programs for women who are in the FIFO industry or what's your jam? (laughs) Yeah. So I am a very big believer in holistic health and wellbeing. I don't think there's any point in going to the gym if the rest of your life and health is completely falling apart. So you can go to the gym all you want, but you can't out train a bad diet. You can't out train stress and burnout. You can't out train all of those sorts of things. So we have really holistic programs and I love, um, we've got a lot of workshops in our workshop library, which you have kindly done quite a few for me now. Um, so we look at, at, you know, all aspects of health and wellbeing and anything FIFO related. So I've even had a lady come on and do some financial wellbeing stuff um, because financial stress is, is a huge stress for most people. Um, we look at relationships um, and long distance relationships, um, mental health, mindset, um, all those sorts of things. They all add to it. If, if you're at work and your relationship, you feel like your relationship's falling apart, that's adding stress. It, it stops you going to the gym. It stops you from eating or, you know, all the, it, it all plays in together. So we do a lot of fitness stuff. Um, that's, you know, programming, um, everything's delivered online. So you can access it when you're at site, but we have the workshops as well. We've got a nutritionist that does a lot of work with us as well. Um, just trying to give as much support and build as much of a community as we can between these women. We've done a few social catch-ups too, which have been super fun. Um, yeah, so it's it's really quite a holistic program and we look at stress management techniques. We look at building that consistency between being at work and being at home Um how to sort of build those routines because um, they have to look quite different. Even sleep between day shift and night shift, you know, sleep impacts weight loss enormously more than most people know. So um, 
Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a huge one. And the getting to sleep and the switching off and that whole cortisol rhythm. Like I would be yeah. tempted to say you almost need to throw in some adaptogens or melatonin or something to try and keep yeah. that rhythm nice. Because otherwise, yeah, I've seen women who've done FIFO for years and then they're done now. And I'm like, oh no, like night yeah. <laughs> up. And I'm like, their cortisol and melatonin are so backwards yes. because it's just been like such a toll on their body for so long. Like it's not unfixable, but it's reworking all that patterns and trying to balance things out in your bodies is quite tricky. Yeah. Yep. Sleep is a massive one. And, you know, I, when I first meet people, they're like, oh, you know, I say, what's your, what's your sleep like on night shift? Oh, I get three or four hours. It's great. And I'm like, please don't say that that's okay. <laughs> three hours on night shift is not great, but it's just, it's, it's set as like the standard. Everyone sleeps that way. So you feel fine. You just adapt to it. But the, the toll that it takes on your body, which is what you're seeing once they're coming out of FIFO, the toll it takes on their body is immense. And, you know, we need to have that switch off at nighttime. We need to be able to, even in the daytime, coming off night shift, if you, or even working underground, you come out into the daylight. So your body's like, oh, hey, daylight, natural light, let's wake up and be happy. When you're like, ah, it's bedtime actually. So you're really fighting against your body um, doing night shift in general. Yeah. Uh, so yeah sleep is a big one we do a lot of work on trying to improve sleep getting a good nighttime routine going like pre-bedtime routine have a list of three or four different things that you do so that your body knows hey when I go and do this it starts to slow you down your body's getting into that rhythm of sleep yeah yeah no I love that that makes sense because I said like that switching off and having your body know okay this is this is sleep time. This is what we do. This is when we wake up and then off you go. Cause yeah, I just, I reckon that's one of the most damaging stuff, even for gut things as well. Like I just like that your bowel loves routine and it loves regularity and it likes knowing when you're going to poo and it likes knowing when yes. you're waking up and if that's what we're doing. So if you've got a nice sleep routine and you wake up and you have a bowel movement or you have one before bed or whatever it is, that whole, yeah, the body just loves, it loves routine. I think at the end of the yeah. day, the, same with the gym, like the eating, the sleeping, the work, the gym, the everything kind of just works so much nicer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for those who want to know more about you and what you do, the FIFO project on Instagram is the best place to find you and your website, the FIFOproject.com. Um, dot au dot au on the end is it i okay. think let me add that to the notes here um, <laughs> yes and you've also got a podcast up and running don't you yes i do and that's been yeah i've actually heard quite a bit of feedback on that this week so yeah. um love talking to people that are working in the industry right now and what their day looks like and how they are adapting and trying to create those routines and trying to you know, it's a survival guide for FIFO. <laughs> yeah, and I love that because I feel like it is such a massive industry here in Australia. There's so many men and women working on site and working away or are partners with someone who's doing it. So you're not only battling that daily, you know, mental load of yourself or it's your partner or you're raising a family or your relationships. Like I just feel like it's such a underrated area of support we can't just assume yeah. that's what people do they go and work away and, and off you go and that's their choice but there's so many factors around it with finances and food and gut issues and gym and routine and if we didn't have the FIFO industry we'd be stuffed but the, the same yeah. <laughs> supporting those people enough beyond just a pay packet like what other areas are there to support someone who's working away yeah yeah it's such a, a an area of need I think um 
And, you know, looking at women in mining as well, there are a lot more women in mining and it's fantastic to see, but they're increasing their their, their workforce with a, a lot more women before they've got stuff available for women. You know, there's mine sites that don't have toilets out on site for women and things like that still. Um, one lady was at a site, quite a big site, I would have thought, that didn't have sanitary bins in their toilets. So, you know, when when the industry is growing and it is fantastic. We're at WA as a state, Australia as a country, let's be fair, would be absolutely stuffed without the mining industry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's growing so fast and they're trying to make so many improvements, but we're just not, we're getting ahead of ourselves in some ways. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And that support needs to be there for women to be able to be safe and comfortable and happy way working away. You're right, because otherwise either you don't go and you pull back and you're losing really qualified or good workers and hard workers yeah. in an industry that that definitely needs it. But yeah, who's going to want to work somewhere where you don't feel supported, your mental health is going to shit. Like at the end of the day, money's only so attractive to a point. And then yeah. you're like, stuff this, like I've only got one life. I don't want to, you know, live it just yeah. shit the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you. That was awesome. I will pop all the links in the show notes of your stuff. But for anyone who's listening and wants to reach out to Emma, please do. Please follow along um, her Instagram or her podcast um, or hit her up with questions because, yeah, her knowledge on FIFO stuff is amazing. And like I said, there's so many women who could use extra support in that area. So thank you so much for doing what you do. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for chatting to me today. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.